This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Bookmark with me, Umar Pagan Ampake Pagan. The Singapore Writers' Festival is just around the corner. It starts this Friday, the 3rd of November, all the way through Sunday, the 12th of November. And in the lead-up to the festival, I had the opportunity to speak to some of this year's featured authors, interviews that I'm sure you will hear on this show in the coming weeks. Now, to kick things off today, I have with me Singaporean author J.Y. Yang, who is responsible for the brand-new Tensorit series of novellas, the Red Threads of Fortune, and the Black Tides of Heaven. Uh, hello, uh, my name is J.Y. Young, and I am the author of the Tensorit series of novellas from Tor.com Publishing, uh, The Red Threads of Fortune and the Black Tides of Heaven. Hello. <laughs> uh, J.Y., thank you so much for joining me today. I have finished reading both your novellas. They were pacey, quick reads that left me wanting more. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I wasn't sure which to read first, but I did some research. So I read The Black Tides of Heaven first and then The Red Threads of Fortune. Is that correct? Oh, I, technically, there's no correct reading order per se. Because uh, it's interesting because I wrote the red, uh, the red Threads of Fortune first. So in, in my mind, The um, Black Tides has always been like sort of like a prequel. But I've had a lot of people tell me that it's better if you read Black Tides first because then it's in chronological order and it's easier to sort of sink into the world building if you read Black Tides first. But I've also had people tell me that they read Red Threads first and they felt that it was the right decision. So I, I guess it just depends on your preferences. Like uh, Black Tides is more... Um, I wouldn't say it's slow paced, but it's kind of like it takes place over like 38 years. So it's kind of more like, you know, a, a sort of like a long family drama, like serial, uh, whereas Red Threads is kind of more like an action film and that, you know, it takes place over three days. There's a lot of explosions and things like that. So they're quite different novellas and like, you know, like depending on which kind of book you prefer you may want to read that first i suppose it depends if you're the kind of person that likes watching episodes four five and six before one two and three (laughs) or watching star wars in order i guess that determines which your preference may be it worked for me actually reading black tides of heaven first and then red threads of fortune I, i i liked I like the slow burn of Black Tides of Heaven because it gave me a very good idea of the world that you were building. And then to jump into that, like you said, that action novel that was The Red Threads of Fortune. I, I like that. I like that order. It worked really well for me. Yeah, I guess like the the thing about world building and, and sort of like creating, like I, I'm a writer who's actually fairly new to this whole sort of like secondary world fantasy in which you build an entirely made up world and set stories in it and uh, I, I think this is the first like these novellas are the first time in which I try to do something like that so it was interesting to me to sort of like have this entire sort of like backstory or idea of what you know the culture is the history is and 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 sort of like trying to balance it like how much of that I put into the book uh, without, you know, 
um, putting it at expense of like story progression. So like, you know, the, the sort of like the balance between storytelling and exposition, that was like very interesting for me to play with um, in terms of like, you know, how much I'm good at explaining and how much I'm just going to not really explain and let readers figure it out on their own as they read. Um, which is also, I think some people have told me that like Red Threads is a bit harder as a starting point because there's a lot that I actually did explain in Black Ties that I didn't really explain as much in Red Threads because it's, it's more action-packed, it's more pacey, uh, so I didn't really have as much time to do a lot more exposition. Uh, so like, so people like people who started with Red Threads still managed to sort of like understand the world building, but I think I think it does take a bit more effort, which is why like if people do ask me which one I should read first, I was like, uh, maybe you should start with Black Ties because it's sort of like a like a gentler sort of like introduction to the world, especially if they're like people who don't normally read like secondary world fantasy. Cause I do have like a bunch of friends who are like, Oh, you wrote books. I want to read them. Which should I start with? I'm just like, ah, <laughs> uh, you probably should start with Black Tides first. Cause there is a lot to take in. Which, which must be hard to do. I mean, keeping the exposition out of it, right? Because you've got this world in your head and you just want to tell people about it. Yeah. Uh, like, well, actually, like my issue is that I actually really hate expositions. Like, like even in books, I I get a bit squirmy when I I run into bits that are very clearly exposition because I feel like it takes me out of the story. Like, like all of I, I'm I'm you know I'm like reading a book, I'm getting invested in characters, and all of a sudden I run into like this kind of like obstacle in the road which is basically sort of like a condensed wikipedia article and i'm like what's this doing here <laughs> i mean it does take me out of the story a bit so my favorite thing about reading like really well done new world fantasies uh places in which the author very cleverly manages to tell us about the world by through like you know actions and you know dialogue and whatever you know, spoken about the characters that, that is natural, but also sort of reveals things in a way that my brain can make the leap on its own without actually being told in the form of like a Wikipedia article. So, like for me, that was that was that is something that I try to achieve my books, and it's really difficult. <laughs> I read a lot of Malaysian and Singaporean fiction, and that is something that I find very rare among our readers. So I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed your book so much. I mean, first of all, it's very rare to get this kind of fantasy coming out from the Malaysian Singaporean sphere and let alone something that seems so lived in. Um, yeah, I, I think like it's just, okay, this is something I think that, you know, takes effort and practice, I guess. Like, like yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like the reason why there's just not a lot of like a Malaysian Singapore and science like secondary world fantasy that comes out here it's just because like you know people are just not publishing it like in general and that you know if you know if it's not being published then you know people don't sort of get an impetus to actually make stuff like that because they're like well who's going to publish it anyway you know you know what I mean like uh so it's kind of like a a problem that compounds itself if that's if that makes sense so like yeah I, I i acknowledge that it might be rare and i kind of don't want it to be because i feel like you know we live 
in a world that, you know, in a part of the world that has so much rich cultural tradition and so much history, um, that, yeah, it, it feels kind of a shame, you know, that there, there is more um, secondary. That we haven't tapped into Yeah, it. that we haven't tapped into it. Like, um, you know, there is stuff out there, but, you know, I just want more of it. And yeah, more of it on the shelves. I agree. So do I. Um, I okay. So I've jumped way ahead of myself. Uh, I would like you now to explain to people what both the books are about in a, in a nutshell for those um, who might be interested in fantasy fiction and oh. reading your books. What is what is this world and the Black Tides of Heaven, the Red, the red Threads of Fortune, what are they Oh, about? my God. Uh, I'm so bad at pitching these things. Okay. Elevator pitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, these books are uh, set in the sort of like Asian-inspired Second World Fantasy uh, in which uh, people are sort of born with innate uh, ability to do magic, uh, but it's something that has to be trained and uh, not everyone has access to that training. And the two books basically are about a pair of children, twins born to the protector who's sort of like the tyrant who rules over this world. Uh, and they both have like special abilities, particularly one of the twins, Mukoya, who develops like prophetic ability, which is very, very rare. And, the two novellas, one follows Akeha, who is the non-profit twin, and one follows Mukoya, who is the profit twin. And it basically uh, describes sort of like, you know, their struggles with their lives and how they deal with their mother's role and how they kind, kind of come to the point where they decide to resist a rule and join the rebellion that is resisting her rule. Uh, and yeah, and more than that, they're like, you know, dinosaurs and giant winged beasts and magic, you know, um, <laughs> and dragon-like yeah, creatures. Giant it's winged, really cool. Uh, yeah. Dragon-like creatures. They're called Naga, which uh, they're not really Naga, but they're like wivens, I guess, like you would call them, but they're real and they fly and eat things. <laughs> And you know the only reason I ask authors to do that is so that I don't have to try and explain <laughs> what these worlds are. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know I have like a better pitch, but I, I should have like had it with me. Uh, but yeah, I'm just like, oh god, the last time I did one of these, like you know, podcast slash, like you know, live recording things, what did I say? <laughs> and I forgot. So I'm just like, right, just start from the start. Explain. You're going to have to get that down because I'm sure at Singapore Writers Festival, you're going to be asked that question like a dozen times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so tell me this, JY. When it comes to formulating this sort of world and bringing in these disparate elements like, you know, velociraptors and <laughs> dragon-like creatures and I guess Buddhist mythology. I mean, it's all very, very cool. And is it just a case of mining your brain for whatever you love and whatever you, whatever that's cool and kind of bringing it all together. I mean, yes, 
have you just turned off all boundaries? Because that's what excites me about this sort of writing. Yes, actually. Like, people are just like, Excellent. oh, no, it's like really inspired by Asian culture and whatever. And I just like, really, actually, I really wrote these because I just wanted to have fun. And so I just included all the stuff that I was into. I, I used to like describe this, this, this. Uh, the world is like you know Jurassic Park meets Dragon Age meets like Mad Max meets Star Wars yes. and and you know that's the only thing that is like you know it's very it's very Asian it's got a lot of, like sort of like quasi Buddhist mythology and stuff in it it's just basically because like that's the stuff that I grew up with and it's kind of like a natural pull to draw upon for me because I'm lazy and I actually suck at world building. <laughs> don't tell anyone. And then I'm saying this on like a radio broadcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it, it was just something that was natural to me too. So I like put them all together. Um, and I was just like, I, I think it was described uh, in like in the Straits Times of Singapore, there was a review that described it as Roja. And I'm like, that is exactly what it is. It is Roja. <laughs> <laughs> rojak. And rojak is tasty yeah, and delicious. Yeah, that's what he's. What, that's what the review said. It's like it's like rojak, but you know, like rojak is also like delicious. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> so one of the one of the cleverest things in your book is, of course, I guess your use of pronouns, yes. which initially caught me off guard, and then I settled into it very very quickly because I think when I try to explain to people the use of they. Uh, I, I think people's reactions are, oh, does that get confusing when you're reading? And it, 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 it works so well because your world is one where people choose the agenda when they reach a certain age. And it's a really cunning play on both the concept and the use of the language in describing the concept. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like the gender thing was, it, to be honest, it was not such a big thing when I started sort of like, uh, creating the world but I just like had the thought in the back of my head that you know I like even though if I'm making a world that is you know it's completely made up it's completely imaginary and I get to set whatever parameters I want for it like yeah like like why do we have to have you know follow the gender system that we we have in our existing society because I don't like that gender system I cause I I identify as non-binary uh I use they them pronouns and I was just like Ugh, you know like you know I wanted to create something that was a bit different uh and it's not like the the gender system in this world is without flaws I actually sort of like designed it specifically to show that that you know the gender binary itself is flawed in in that we have characters and they're like I mean, like they're allowed to choose their gender as children, but once they've chosen their gender, they're expected to fit the roles that they've chosen with a certain amount of like fidelity, um, which in itself is kind of quite oppressive as well. So, like, I I I hope that I sort of like wove enough of that into the story, um, and which might be you know explored a bit more in um, later novellas. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it it was just something that that kind of grew out very organically um, as I was writing the novellas. Because, uh, like, I, as, as I said, I wrote writ threats first, in which the, the gender stuff is just more or less in the background. Um, it's not really mentioned as much, but Black Tides, which I wrote after that, was it, it is uh, actually a major uh, issue um, about choosing gender uh, in, the, in the book. The magic in the world, or slack craft, 
explain that to people because it sounds a little bit like the force. <laughs> it is a bit like the force, except if the force was used to control like actual physical forces uh, in the world. So I I, cre- I built this sort of magic system based on scientific principles, which is why I kind of like call this a science fantasy sort of thing. Because uh, in, in this world, there's something called the slack, which is like this. Forest, universe of forest that you know binds the universe together it has a dark side and light side. No, it doesn't have a dark side and a light side, but it's a, it's all like a <laughs> universal force, just like my you know physical forces are like universal forces. You know the four like main forces of the universe. Um, I'm sure I didn't say that right, but I'm also not a physics major. Even though my sister is, she'll just like roll her eyes at me when she hears this. Um, but like, so there's that, that this is sort of like overarching uber force that allows you to control these forces. So the Slack, um, one of the things I did was to sort of have like an elemental system that follows like the sort of like the Eastern elemental system where you have like, you know, five elements and they're like, fire, water, wood, metal, and earth, or something like that. So, like, so each of these, I sort of, like, sort of um, correlated them to one of the, like, fundamental forces of the universe. So it's, like, uh, earth energy, like, earth energy is uh, gravitational energy, uh, fire is thermal energy, water is kinetic energy, um, Metal is electromagnetic energy and uh, wood, or I, yeah, I think called it wood in the industry. It's, it's biochemical energy. So it's like, you know, like you're kind of controlling. It's like magic, but magic that allows you to manipulate um, like the fundamental forces of the universe. <laughs> so it, it has to be slightly scientific um, because I, I used to be a science major. So this is like all, you know, second nature to me to think about. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's how the magic system works. And I think that works because essentially it's kind of tying all of this in with the familiar, right? So there are all, all the touchstones that I can relate to. And then you bring in the strange stuff and the creatures and the megafaunas and all of that stuff. And so <laughs> it, makes, it makes my entry point quite easy into this world uh, because I'm assuming yeah. this is just the beginning, right? I'm assuming there are more Tentred novels coming. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm contracted to write two more novellas, uh, which will be coming out, I think, in 2018 and 2019. I just sort of like got editorial comments on my second draft, the second one, yesterday. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to rewrite the whole thing again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's in progress. It, it's coming along. Um, yeah, trying to do slightly different things with the next two in terms of like structure and format because if you, you might have noticed that I like to experiment with like different sort of like structures and formats a bit, which is why you have like, uh, you know, red threads being sort of like a straight up like action adventure thing. Which that happens over a few days. days. Yeah. And then like Black Tides is like in four parts, it covers like 38 years. And then like, like you know, that time skips and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm like, like the one I'm working on is epistolary. It's like told in terms of like journal entries and letters and diaries. And I'm like, why did I decide to do this? And then like the fourth one is going to, the whole thing is just going to be a one long drunken monologue. <laughs> Wonderful. I look uh, forward to that. Oh, 
oh god <laughs> i don't know why i tried to torture myself with these like innovative forms because they're really difficult and i'm like ah but yeah that's that's the plan so they're more uh in the pipeline working on them <laughs> so so what did you what did you grow up reading i mean what were your points of inspiration especially for fantasy fiction um that's very funny because like i almost didn't read any fantasy growing up i i mean i i was i come from a family that doesn't read very much so i used to just like sort of sneak into the um into the school library and like read stuff and like borrow stuff over and over again but like i think my introduction to to reading sci-fi and fantasy was definitely star wars because uh, i watched my dad as a fan and i watched the movies when i was a kid and then like the moment I got like enough pocket money to like borrow secondhand books from secondhand bookstores, I w- I, I I like straight up zoomed in on all the like the Star Wars novelizations that were available back then, like in the nineties. Uh, so that that was kind of my introduction to it. And then like when I was in secondary school, my friends and I basically printed out like the list of past Hugo and Nebula Award winners, and we were like, we're gonna make it through this list. Um, we didn't because like a lot of those books were not print, and because I. But the thing is that. Um, most of the books there, especially like in the older ones, were mostly science fiction. Like there was very little fantasy in it. It's usually like science fiction authored by white dudes. Um, and and so like yeah, I mostly read science fiction when I was a kid. Like you know, like you know, Asimov and uh, Dune, which I guess is kind of like science fantasy. It is, and, um, and well, I mean, Star is, Wars is, is more and, fantasy yeah. than science fiction like, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's like space opera. But yeah, so I think those were. I think the fact that I write a lot of science fantasy is that like I did actually read a lot of these sort of like vaguely science fantasy ish things uh, in my formative years. So I'm like, yeah, that's the thing that you should do is magic and like weird things. Like you know, I, I'm not so much for like military sci-fi or hard science fiction. Uh, I mean, I I do enjoy it. I enjoy reading it every now and then, but I don't think it's something I could write. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I did not actually start reading like secondary war fantasy, epic fantasy, to be honest, until I was in my late teens, around the time when The Lord of Things came out, like the phones, and then right. I started reading Tolkien. <laughs> that was kind of my introduction to to sort of like epic fantasy. Uh, yeah, so I. <laughs> so like the fact that I'm just kind of like you are like, oh like they're a fantasy writer I'm just like oh. I'm just kind of like a fan. I'm a like, fraud yes. yeah I'm a fraud <laughs> not at all not at all when they read the books they will realize that it's really really good stuff now they can find you people can come find you because you're going to be at the Singapore Writers Fest and I'm assuming you're going to be hawking books and signing books and appearing on panels and all of that stuff yes yes yeah, I have. I, as I understand it, I'm slated on two panels over, like I think on Saturday and Sunday, and then I had I'm moderating a session with Ken Liu, who is amazing. That uh, is amazing. Which is one of his lectures, I think. So I'll be there, but it's mostly going to be Ken talking. I'm going to make him do all the talking. I'll be I'm like, Ken, you say smart things, please. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will um, see you there as well because I'm going to be there and I've already got tickets for the Ken Liu lecture too. JY, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. 
Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a pleasure. I just get to like you know yell about all my insecurities while writing. It's fantastic. That's what we do on this show. You can find JY's books, The Red Threads of Fortune and The Black Tides of Heaven, at all good bookstores. You can also find JY at this year's Singapore Writers Festival that's taking place in Singapore from this Friday, the 3rd of November, all the way through Sunday, the 12th. I'll be there and I hope you are too. This is Bookmark on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.